Good morning, church family. If you would, please grab your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and in just a moment, we will uh, read there through uh, verses 5 through 9. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 5 through 9. Uh, let me welcome you and introduce myself, uh, Pastor Ryan McDaniel, my wife Kimberly down here. Our kids are somewhere. Uh, we just trust that they'll be in the right place when it's time to pick them up. Amen? Um, but uh, we've had the privilege of leading uh, the DeSoto uh, campus uh, since it launched in uh, July of 2020. And uh, it's been uh, just an amazing ride. And the Lord has just continued to bless uh, these months since he's allowed us to launch. And uh, I want to just thank you for the opportunity to, to share God's word with you today uh, while our pastor's out of town. So he's uh, been unleashed there. Uh, he's on mission trip this last week in Cambodia. And so we're, we're praying for him. We've been praying for him and uh, looking forward to, to have him back safely. And I'd like to welcome all those who are joining us online uh, this morning. We're thankful for you. And then, of course, the uh, K-Hall service down the hall and Reach Church DeSoto. We're so uh, thankful for you and your partnership in ministry, and we're missing you today, but thankful that you are with us. Uh, and then Reach Church Paola, welcome as well. So um, this morning, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, uh, verses 5 through 9, and uh, would you join me here in the reading of, of God's word? This is Paul uh, writing to uh, the church at Corinth there from the city of Ephesus, and he says this in verse 5, I will come to you after I go through Macedonia, for I am going through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you, or even spend the winter, so that you may send me on my way wherever I go. I do not wish to see you now just in passing, for I hope to remain with you for some time, if the Lord permits. But I will remain in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective service has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Let's pray together this morning as we dive in. God, we uh, are thankful that, that, Lord, we are your people. And, Lord, we're thankful for the book that you've given us, Lord, the, the living and active word of God, Lord, that uh, challenges us, that feeds us, that guides us in our daily life. And, Lord, I pray that you would help once again uh, these words uh, of life to come alive in our own uh, spirits today as we focus on them, as we digest them. God, would you please edify your church? Lord, would you awaken us uh, to a point of action? God, would you do what only you can do through your vessel during this time? And Lord, we'll give you the honor and the glory for all that's said and done. We ask it in Christ's name, amen. I wanna speak to you this morning on this topic uh, that's introduced in verse nine of, of open doors for ministry. Open doors for ministry. Um, I can't say that every day that I, reads God, that I read God's word, um, does he grip me like he gripped me with this truth recently. And uh, I know if you're a believer for any amount of time, it's your testimony as well that it's our prayer when we open God's word that he will grip us with the truth that then is able to guide our life according to his will and according to his purpose. Maybe even right now as I'm speaking these words, you're reminded of something that you've read recently or at one point in your life that has just took such hold of you that it's never let you go. And recently as I was studying here in 1 Corinthians 16, this truth of God's ability to open up a door of ministry for his people 
it's something that I, I just can't move past. And I think one of the reasons is that it reminds me that we have a purpose in God's plan. We're, we were not meant just to just be spectators. We were not meant to be saved and then just sit on the sideline and kind of watch God do what he does. But we were invited into God's redemptive plan and we are invited to play vital roles in it. And so as we explore this topic of God's ability to open up unique doors for his people, I wanna encourage you to pray along with me and to follow along with me as we go through this text. God is inviting us into his purpose. In fact, just a few chapters from now in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul is going to call God's people ambassadors. He's going to say that you as God's people are ambassadors. You have been given the, 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 the mandate and the opportunity to, to make an appeal on behalf of Christ to the world, saying, be reconciled to God. God is inviting us in. And I greatly desire for God to open doors for me. I, I greatly desire to be used according to God's purposes. I, I want him to use my family. We, we want him to use our children. We want God to, to use our church. We greatly desire to see open hearts for the gospel. And, and I know that that's the desire of our church as well. Paul writes here in verse nine, and, and he says, that a wide door for effective service has been opened to me. And in that word me, we understand that, that it's uniquely Paul, which gives us this truth that God doesn't just open doors for, for churches. He doesn't just open doors for, for ministries or, or for those who are in full-time Christian service, but he opens doors uniquely for individual believers. He opens doors for individual Christians just like me and just like you. So if you desire to see these open doors for, for gospel ministry in your life this year, if you desire to live out your purpose as a follower of Christ in your world today, I want to show you how our text this morning gives us a blueprint for how we can see those open doors for the gospel in our lives as well. In verse nine, Paul uses this word door, and it's a, it's a metaphor that he uses throughout his letters to describe a unique opportunity for ministry. It's a unique opportunity for the gospel to be spoken and also to be received. We know that not every time the gospel is spoken is it received, but I will tell you this, there are times, there are opportunities, there are specific doors where God uniquely opens the hearts of men and women, of boys and girls to receive the truth of the gospel. And when this happens, hearts are made new, lives are reborn, families are redeemed, futures are changed, churches are energized, and communities look completely different. We don't always know the why behind why God opens doors, but I believe from our text this morning, we can see the type of Christian to whom these opportunities are given. And I want you to know, I wanna be this type of a believer. So we're gonna look at, at four characteristics, uh, four attributes of a believer who will see open doors uh, for gospel ministry in their life. So the first one as we begin is this, you'll see it on the screen. Opportunity comes to those who are more concerned with God's plans than their own plans. 
You know, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for my life. However, he leads us into that plan as a shepherd would lead his sheep. He doesn't drive, he doesn't force, he, he gently leads. And our ability to discern that leading and to follow that leading will be greatly related to our ability to see and to walk through these open doors for ministry. And the way God leads is, is a bit unique in the life of every believer, but we gotta be looking for it. We gotta be looking to be led. And I'll be honest with you, I, I do a really poor job at leading myself. You know, I, I've got plans for my life. I've got desires for my life. And, it, and, it, and it's easier for me just to, to follow those. But I know as a believer and as wisdom from God's word, I must be looking to my shepherd to lead me. Because ultimately that is what leads to desired ends. Paul has his own plans here in verses five through seven. He desires to go to, to be with the people in Corinth. He says, I'm coming to you. In verse six, he says, I wanna stay with you. I even wanna spend the winter with you. In verse seven, he says, I don't wanna see you just in passing. I want to remain with you for some time. But then he tempers his desires. He tempers his plans with these words, if the Lord permits. You know, as I live my daily life, I must live it in such a way that I allow the Lord to redirect me, that I live my life, even with my plans, even with my desires, that I give the Lord that, 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 uh, that right in my life to redirect me if he permits to. It's a, it's a submission to his leading. It's a desire to, to follow, even when it detours me from the path that I'm on. Paul understood God has the right to change my plans. That, have you given God that right? Have you given God the right in your life? I, I, I'm talking about even if things are going wonderfully well right now, does God have the right to say, hey, it's time to, to change. It's time for me to gently lead you into a, a gospel opportunity. Would you follow him there? God is sovereign, and he has absolute power and absolute right to change any person's plans whenever and however he chooses. And I'll be honest with you, I fought against that at times. I fought against the, the leading of my Savior at times, but this is what I know. His plans for me are better than my plans for myself. We miss opportunities when we make life all about us. We miss opportunities to see open doors when we are so determined to live out the life that we want for ourselves, even as believers. Because it's easy to fall into this trap of, well, I'm saved, I've got that you know, kind of handle, but now I have to live my life. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says, we are his workmanship. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. This teaches us that God has a script for your life. And if we're honest, we have a script for our own life as well. Which one will you live out? Will it be God's or will it be yours? The thing about God's plan for your life is he doesn't show you the end. He just shows you that next step. But I'm telling you, if you want to see open doors for gospel ministry in your life this year, if you want to see open hearts, if you want to see uh, opportunities to speak the gospel and to have it be received in a powerful way at your workplace or in your family or, or in your school, it's going to mean that you're the kind of person that's willing to be detoured by God and follow his plans 
wherever he leads you. Number two, opportunity comes to those who are committed to seeing it through. Opportunity comes to the kind of believer who is committed to seeing a gospel opportunity through to completion. Paul had the attitude here, I'm going to stay as long as it takes to get the job done. I was reminded of a story back from 2010. Um, In fact, it was late summer of 2010 that a disaster struck at the site of a mineral mine in Chile's Atacama Desert. Suddenly there was a massive explosion on site and all the passageways of this mine filled with gritty dust. When the dust settled, it was discovered that a single block of stone as tall as a 45-story building had broken off from the mountain and had fell down through different layers of the mine, collapsing the whole thing. 33 miners, 33 souls were, were sealed 2,500 feet below the earth's surface by a, a mega block of stone that weighed 770,000 tons. That weight would be twice what the Empire State Building weighs. Louis Urza, a crew supervisor, was heard saying it was like the stone they put over Jesus' tomb. In the days that followed, skilled workers from all over the map came to help with the rescue efforts as over one billion viewers from around the world watched the scene unfold live on TV. This went on for months until October 13th when all 33 of those trapped miners who had been sealed for 69 days below the earth's surface were raised to life through the Uh, rescue efforts uh, of those workers who drilled an escape tunnel down to lift them up. It was a feat of engineering, and it was a triumph of faith. It was said that neither the miners nor uh, those who were buried ever gave in to despair, even though they had no contact with them or confirmation that they were alive until day 17. The families and the workers set up a makeshift tent city on the surface called Camp Esperanza, which meant Camp Hope. And they did all that they could do to bring their men home. You know, when there are lives at stake, if there is any possibility, if there is any inkling of hope, you do whatever it takes to see it through, no matter the commitment, no matter the cost. And I think Paul understood something here. He understood that that gospel work is not quick work. It takes time, it takes seasons, It takes commitment and it takes dedication. But it's the most important work because lives and souls are at stake. If God were to open up a door for you, does he know that you would give it the time and the attention that it's needed to accomplish the task? God had opened up the hearts of the Ephesians here where Paul is doing ministry at. And this is an incredible miracle. If you know anything about Ephesus, you know that this was a wicked city. It was a city that had organized idolatry. It was all kind of centered around uh, the the temple of Diana. It was ritual prostitution. It was sexual perversion of every type. And it was not just tolerated. It was actually promoted in the name of religion. Yet it was during these three years that Paul lived here and worked here that God established one of the greatest churches in world history. The revival that swept through this city was so massive that the church here at Ephesus soon became one of the largest and most influential churches in the first century. And it was because of what God was doing here in the hearts of the Ephesians that Paul says in verse eight, even though I want to go to you, even though I want to be with you, even though I want to invest in my time with you at Corinth, I must remain here at Ephesus. I must remain 
here until God moves me on. You know, we should never take a ministry opportunity that we're not willing to prepare for and see through to to completion. We should never seek to disciple a person to whom we are not willing to give the necessary time to see it through. I think sometimes we say, Pastor Ryan, I just don't see any opportunities. I just don't see any people that, that I can build into. Well, could it be is that God knows you aren't willing to give it the time and the attention and the dedication even when it's inconvenient? There's a phenomenal a discipler in our church in DeSoto uh, who's given his life to discipleship. And, and he says, from what he's seen, it takes a minimum of three years to bring somebody through to the point where they're ready to do it themselves. Are you willing to lock arms with somebody for three years? Are you willing to walk uh, uh, step in step, arm in arm, through the ups and downs of a person's spiritual journey? Because it's that kind of person that g- continues to see open doors in their life for gospel ministry. And, and the question is, well, how do you know when you've seen it through, right? How do you know when the job is done? And to that, I must just say it takes discernment. This is why we are called to walk daily with the Lord. We are called to, to be very dependent on him because it's up to him to tell us when the job is done. And, and, and sometimes it's obvious, you know, sometimes um, we're discipling somebody and all of a sudden now they've caught fire and they are ready to do it themselves. And it's our privilege to unleash them and to go and to find somebody else. If God opens a door for you this year to go on a short-term missions trip, I'll be honest with you, the, 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 the beginning, the middle, and the end is very clear, okay? It, it, it's a requirement that how many go with us on a trip, come back with us, okay? Um, and, and, and you know what? Uh, when that trip is over, it's, it's obvious that door is closing. But for the greater part of a Christian journey, it's less clear. Sometimes the Lord starts speaking into your, into your, into your quiet time. He starts directing you via his spirit and you just know he's got you unsettled. He's, he's, he's moving you on from where you've been. Sometimes a job suddenly ends and you know it's time to go. We don't know all the ways that the Lord uh, opens and closes doors. We don't know all his reasons as to how long we should stay, but we do know this. Commitment to an opportunity doesn't always mean a certain length of time, but it always means a certain quality of attention. As long as you have this door, give it all you've got. As long as you have this opportunity, be all there. Emotionally, spiritually, physically, give it all that you have because that's the kind of life that sees open doors for gospel ministry in the future. So give it all you've got. Number three, uh, opportunity comes to those who have demonstrated faithfulness in the past. You know, we should not expect or, or, or look for doors of greater opportunity if we have not entered the ones that God has already given us. You know, Paul had this testimony about him that he followed God wherever he led. We see evidences of that through his ministry in the book of Acts. Uh, In Acts 14, God opens up a door for him to preach to the Gentiles. And what does Paul do? He follows that door. In Acts 16, Paul wants to go to Ephesus. And God says, no, I'm gonna send you to Troas. And, And Paul, he submits to the leading of God. And he's faithful to the door that God has given him. And now we see this once again, once he finally gets to Ephesus, the moment he gets into town, he starts discipling men. He, 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 he starts discipling in the synagogue. He gets pushed out of there. He goes into hiding in the school of Tyrenius. 
And what does Acts 19 tell us? That in the two years that Paul taught in this school, he was bringing men in and sending men out. And all of Asia heard the gospel. That's what demonstrated faithfulness will do in the life of a believer. And I just want to ask you, if God were to open up a door for ministry for you, would you follow it? Would you walk in it? Would you be intentional in looking for those opportunities? Or are we living life so fast and so busy that we just blow by doors like we blow by exits when we're more concerned with, uh, with, with something else? The opening and closing of doors for ministry is entirely God's doing. Our job is to enter the doors that he opens for us and only those doors. Becoming a faithful servant of the Lord usually does not begin with some great, grandiose opportunity. It usually begins with just being faithful in the routine things. If we do not give God our best where we are, there is no assurance that we will give him our best anywhere else. The only opportunity we have is the one right now. So do you have a door in front of you right now? Are you walking through it? Are you investing in it? Are you being intentional about it? I, I love our internship program here and, and um, I was too old to take part in it, I'll be honest with you. Uh, when I came here, um, that, that ship had sailed, so to speak. But I wish I could have been a part of it. Uh, God took us through the school of hard knocks in ministries and, and uh, but the internship program here at the church is so, is run so well and, and if you guys have gotten to serve with any of our pastoral interns, you know this to be true. But boy, they love the Lord and they love the church. But the opportunity that they have as being young in ministry is that the program through Pastor Kent's leadership gives them opportunities to really lead and to really invest in the things that might be unknown, in areas that might not be seen, but they are of vital importance. And what they are learning is that unbelievable truth that as you are faithful in the things that God gives you, he opens up greater doors for you. And church, this is a lesson for all of us. Because if we are in Christ today, again, he's got a purpose for your life. And that purpose is to be engaged in the mission of God, which is what we've heard the last three weeks. But you've got to be intentional and faithful of stepping into those opportunities. What does your door look like? For some, it'll be a person. For some, right now, God has placed a door of opportunity in your life, and it's a soul, it's a person, it's a, it's a sibling, or it's a, it's a grandchild. It, it, it's, a, it's a fellow student, or it's a teacher, or it's a neighbor. God has placed someone in, in your life that he would have for you to speak the gospel. They're ready. They're, they're wanting to receive, and God has given you the opportunity to speak the gospel. Would you stay silent? For some of you, it, it, it's a place. He's moving you on to a different workplace or he's calling you maybe into a ministry role. Um, maybe he's calling you to, 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 uh, to, to, uh, to move geographically or, um, or something like that. For some of you, it's a, it's a platform. He's given you some influence to speak or to, or to share and you know this is only from God. He has opened up this opportunity for me. Please don't shrink back, but use the opportunity that God has given you because opportunity comes to those who demonstrate faithfulness in the past and in the present. And then number four this morning, opportunity comes to those who prepare for opposition. If you'll notice in our, in our text that when Paul says that a, a wide door for effective service has been opened unto him, 
he also recognizes that there are many adversaries present as well. The word adversary here is translated from a two-part Greek word, which means opposition, hostile opposition that is lying in wait. And when I read that, boy, it, it, it spoke to me because the truth there is that just as God opens doors for you to walk through, Satan has things to oppose you that are lying in wait for you to walk through that door. That means great opportunities comes with great adversaries. And if that is the reality, if that's the truth, we must be prepared for that. We should not be surprised. When God opens doors, the devil launches great attacks. We should not forget that we're in a great battle. We're in a cosmic battle between good and evil. And, and the souls of men are at stake. Paul had seen more than his fair share of adversaries, yet he pressed on into opportunities God gave him, and so must we. The reality of opposition could be a key sign that you are in God's will. The reality of opposition could be the very door that, that, that God is, is using your life in a phenomenal way. Opposition just might mean that you are doing your greatest work for the Lord. And this opposition comes in so many different ways. It comes in, in attacks on your health. It comes on attacks in your family. It comes in setbacks financially, relationally, it comes in so many different ways. It comes in attacks on the church. And we don't know all the ways the devil fights, but we do know this. What Paul was speaking about was they were trying to silence him. They were trying to take him out. The devil wants those who are speaking the gospel to be silenced. But we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And what I want to encourage you with is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse eight, Paul is writing to us looking back at his time in Ephesus. And notice what he says about these adversaries. He says, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia. He says, we were burdened ex excessively, in fact, beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead who delivered us from a so great a peril of death, and he will deliver us. It's he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. This is the attitude Paul had when he walked through open doors, understanding that adversary was a reality. He said, I'm walking through this door as good as dead, because I have such a strong confidence in God I am relying wholly on him, and my hope is completely on him. You see, you don't walk through doors of, uh, that God opens for you trusting in your own strength. You don't accomplish gospel ministry uh, according to your own abilities, but you do so relying wholly on a God who wants to empower you to do so. You do so relying on a God that you have set your hope on supremely. This is the kind of, uh, 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 of, of attitude that we must have if we are going to be effective for the gospel this year. With great opportunity comes great opposition, but our hope remains in God nonetheless. The door of opportunity does not make the man, but the journey with God makes the man. If you're saying, well, you know, uh, I don't need to prepare right now. I, that, that door is gonna make me who, who I'm gonna be. You're wrong. It, it takes the, 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 the student 
It takes the son and daughter of God faithfully walking with God on this journey that prepares them to ever be able to walk through that door. And once you see that opportunity, and once you take advantage of that opportunity, you must understand it's going to be fully reliant on God to make it successful, and it's going to be in the face of opposition. So be prepared for it. And that's really three things I want to give you in relation to how we can prepare for opposition. And point number one is just prepare daily. Don't be surprised. Listen, one of the reasons that we, um, that we put so much emphasis on, on, on the church developing a walk with God and your ability to feed yourself spiritually is because we know that God has got these opportunities waiting for you. And the only way that you'll have the courage to step into what's maybe waiting for you tomorrow is that you are prepared for the opposition that you will face. Prepare daily. Walk with God. Receive from him. That way you are able to, to, to walk through doors for the gospel successfully. Number two, how do we prepare? We stay connected to the body of Christ. This is where the church's role in your life is so vital. The church is not just a, a, a destination that you go to weekly. The church is not just, um, you know, a... a, a a club that, that you approach, you know, for social events. The church is designed to be your strength and your encouragement. Your, uh, you, it helps in, in building you up for your opportunities. It strengthens you by teaching you about God and by teaching you about yourself, by revealing to you uh, uh, things that you, that you need to, to move away from and things that you need to move toward. I can't tell you, uh, I was probably nine years old when uh, a, a young boy in church, when a man came up to me and said to me, God's got great plans for your life. You know, I've never forgotten that. You know, I've never forgotten uh, uh, how God used a man with a discerning spirit to speak encouragement into my life. And for some of you, th th that's you. God would have you to, ha to play a huge role here in this body of believers, to encourage, to exhort, to use your discernment. You know, the church is supposed to be the, the agent that, that, that validates calls to ministry. In order to do that, you gotta know people. You gotta watch people. You gotta encourage people as they use their gifts. And how will you see their gifts if you're not involved in the body of Christ? Stay connected, stay engaged to the, to the body of Christ, even when it's hard, even when you don't feel like it. There is so much value in being a part of, of God's body. And then number three, how do we prepare for opposition? Just keep an eternal perspective. Understand that this thing's already fixed. God's already won the ultimate battle, and he's inviting us in to play a part as victors. Again, Paul said, I'm as good as dead, but my eternal security is with Jesus, Okay? Imagine if our church was just a little bit more intentional about these characteristics this year. What could God do? How many doors would he open for us? What kind of a difference would it make in our community? And what's at stake if we don't? What's at stake if we don't slow down and focus in on the fact that God is inviting us into his story what if we don't slow down and understand that God has got a purpose and a plan for our lives to, to walk through gospel doors and to be used in a phenomenal way for the kingdom of God? What, what, what's at stake? Everything's at stake. Souls are at stake. God would use us in this way if we would grow in these characteristics. And maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online 
And the Lord, maybe for the very first time, is opening your heart to the gospel. Maybe you are someone's open door. Maybe someone's been praying for you. Maybe someone's been investing in you. And now this morning, as you hear that God has got this divine plan for your life, that you're, you're understanding, man, I, I don't have a relationship with God yet. I can't follow a God into an opportunity that I don't know. The best thing you could do is to let Jesus in. He will transform your life and really your journey and your purpose can't begin without first meeting your creator. And so we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that this morning. I'm gonna invite Pastor Bill up and church just right where you're at and I wanna encourage you just to, to right where you're seated, just bow your heads and, and close your eyes and I, I have a couple questions for you as we enter into this time of invitation this morning. And, and the first one is this church. How many of you would testify by a raising of a hand this morning? Again, every head bowed, every eye closed. The, Pastor Ryan, how many of you would say, I, I'm praying that God would open up doors for ministry for me this year? How many of you would say, Pastor Ryan, I desire that in my life. I desire open doors to communicate the gospel, to, to speak the name of Jesus, to enter into ministry. How many would say, Pastor Ryan, that's me this, this year? I wanna be praying for you that you would discern and have the courage to walk through those doors. But maybe this better describes you this morning. Maybe you say, Pastor Ryan, I know my door. I know my opportunity, but would you pray for me specifically about this opportunity that I would walk through what I know God has for me? How many say right now, I know my door. I know what God is doing. I know what he's speaking to me about. Give me courage. Give me Give me the strength to press through opposition. I'm gonna pray for you this morning. And then maybe you're in the room today and again, God is calling you into relationship with himself. Maybe you're realizing for the very first time that you're a sinner and that without Jesus, you are lost and dead in your sins. But this morning, you're understanding that Jesus loves you and that he desires a relationship with you and that if you'll invite him into your life and if you'll place your faith and trust in him, that he will save you. How many would say, Pastor Ryan, I, I need to make that decision this morning. Would you raise your hand? And I will promise you this, I will pray for you, and we would have a pastor down here at the front who would love to talk with you from God's word about how you could enter into this, the greatest journey you could ever imagine, a journey with Jesus. Church, would you stand with me, and we'll pray as we enter in this time of invitation. God, we love you, and Lord, I just ask that you would those who raise their hands, Lord, that are, that are looking for opportunities for the gospel. God, would you please show them those doors that you seek to open for them this year. God, maybe it's in their workplace. Maybe it's in their family. Maybe it's at a school, Lord, where someone has been too shy or, or too worried about a persecution to speak the name of Jesus. God, would you show them the open hearts? Would you show them the open doors that, Lord, you would have them to walk through this year? God, for some, it is missions. For some, maybe it is a ministry calling that they've been running from. God, would you please show them and give them the strength to walk through those opportunities? And God, for those today who testify that they know the opportunity, God, that God has already revealed it to them, but maybe they've been walking away from it. Maybe they've been just kind of testing the waters. Would you give them commitment? Would you give them, Lord, the unction from you to, to see it through as long as it takes? God, that's where joy is. When we are relying solely on you for these opportunities, that's where joy is. 
And God, for that person that's heard the message this morning that does not know you, God, would you open their heart to receive? God, would you give them the the courage to step out and say, I am ready. I am ready for a relationship with you. God, we know that you will not turn that person away. So Lord, for all that you've done, we thank you and we praise you. We ask that you would get the glory from this invitation. We ask it in Christ's name, amen.